Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. John Roga here, just taking a moment to give a little bit of love to the people that power and sponsor this spoiler review, episode one of Moon Knight, and that is the fine folks over there at Carbon Health. They've got 100 plus locations across 14 states, 50 plus locations in California, across the Bay Area, Los Angeles, Sacramento, and North San Diego, kind of near where I live. Most locations will have COVID testing and travel testing for overseas destinations. That's right. People are still getting tested for this. So it's good to get, it's good that you've got a center near you. Go and find out so you can get tested. And they've done over 2 million COVID tests. So they're very experienced in doing that. And if you're in California, consider scheduling an annual checkup and utilizing primary care services at your local clinic. Do you want to find a healthcare provider that is an active partner supporting you in your efforts to feel better and live healthier? We continue to partner with them because Carbon Health genuinely cares about positive communities who engage with each other over the love of culture and expressions of life. And certainly the Geek Buddies community is one of those communities and they speak about them to me all the time, how much they enjoy watching the chat, seeing the back and forth, seeing the responses, all those kinds of things when we're doing live shows. Carbon Health is watching and they enjoy it. Very kind of them. You can even download the app for Carbon Health to keep a quote doc in the pock for those immediate urgent care needs, whether you book an in-person visit or a virtual visit. So go to carbonhealth.com today and get checked out. All right, let's get on with this spoiler review episode for episode one of Moon Knight. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a spoiler review episode here for Moon Knight episode one from the Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! There it is. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. You're welcome. Oh, cheers to you. Bottoms up. <laughs> well, we're it's back. Diet Coke, your drink of choice. Okay. Ooh. 
kind of That's glass. Like glass for a Diet Coke. Looks like a two-liter glass. Come on now, put it in the uh, Welcome, everybody, to this spoiler review for episode one, The Goldfish Problem, uh, here for Moon Knight for Marvel and Disney+. Plus. We're going to keep this one uh, relatively short. We're trying to do about 45, 50 minutes. Just, it's the first episode, so we're going to take it a little bit slow, or a little bit uh, quick through this episode and have some fun. Let's introduce ourselves. I'm the outlaw, John Roker, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies. Uh, Mike? I'm Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer, animated TV shows and movies. Shan? And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and Silicon Valley. And joining us, uh, thankfully, for these reviews here, straight from Corruption Headquarters, Mike Kalinowski. How are you, Mike? Gentlemen. Noted, noted author, noted pundit, noted everything. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. You're yeah. a mad uh, Moon Knight fan, so yes, sir. Like I'll, you, I'll go like to you. you first. I'm going yeah. to you first. Goldfish problem. Tell me your overall thoughts on this show. Remember, this is a spoiler review episode. So if you haven't watched the episode, ladies and gentlemen, go back and watch it. Come back and join us. Kalinowski, talk to me. What were your feelings about this overall episode here? I guess I should do this disclaimer. Um, I come into Moon Knight. I like him from a certain area of his stuff. Uh, so the whole Mister Knight stuff, I don't like. Um, ah. That stuff came in the past 10 years. And, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. someone on Twitter wrote, like, what is a comic thing that's happened, changed, that someone did, and it was going to not stick around, and then it took over the character, you know, that you didn't like, you know. And that was one of those things I put, was like, I don't like the Mr. Knight stuff. Uh, so yeah. when that was in the thing, I was like, okay. And seeing what we got, I'm going to mm -hmm. say this. It's not the show that I wanted. Oh, um, no. Right off the bat. I, but. Okay. I you have to open yourself up to different things. You okay. know, they're take picking and choosing from the different things. Yes. The, the, the Mark Spector that I like is the James Bond tuxedo, suave, mm -hmm. elegant English guy. So that was right away off the bat. So all the stuff that I love about Moon Knight probably around the time you got into him. Yeah, it's none of that. Um, right, right. So I have to adjust my expectations. What I saw of what they're doing is I love. Mm -hmm. but it's not the moon Knight that i wanted and was hoping to see so i'm going okay. in now having to switch everything okay all right and this one directed by uh justin benson mohammed diab who has directed four of the episodes and aaron moorhead both those guys uh benson and moorhead are directing the last two episodes uh this is uh, of course from creator uh, jeremy slater as well and uh, based on the characters by doug mensch and dan perlin oscar isaac ethan hawk mia kalamawi mike i go to you First episode, did this get you going in the right direction for Moon Knight? And uh, what's your experience with the Moon Knight as a character in the Marvel Comics? Well, so I think we said this as we talked about it on the main show. Like, I'm yeah. not super familiar with Moon Knight. Like, he's yeah. not a character that I know a ton about. I know him sort of peripherally when he shows up in a mega crossover, but I don't know a ton about him. So saying that, um, I loved everything about this episode okay uh i thought it was great i i don't have any preconceived idea of who i think moon knight should be so i kind of just took everything as it was but um the style of the show the way they kind of laid everything out the way they presented everything the way they kind of threw you into the deep end and mm. you just had to sort of rush to keep up was great and then also um as like a neil gaiman fan uh yeah. as a fan of like just mythology in general all the egyptian mythology stuff that is in there yeah. uh super intrigued can't wait to hear more about it like really really into all those aspects of the story Mm -hmm. Okay, Shannon McClung, thoughts on this? Uh, you know, as he mentions, the, Michael mentions here the Egyptian mythology here. Kalinowski on the side of not quite feeling how they're going in terms of the opening approach. We have Stephen Grant. We have him working 
for a museum. He's a gift shop guy. And then by the end of the episode, we've met Mark Spector. We've met the Moon Knight. Uh, what did you think about how they laid out what we're going to be dealing with if, uh, here in this episode, especially the dissociative identity disorder stuff that uh, is right off the bat? So I think what would have worked better for me personally is mm. having two episodes, um, okay. not being overly familiar with the character. Like I, I know sort of the basics, but I, I like what we're being given. I don't like how they're giving it to us right now. I think okay. the strength of this show lies 100% on the cast. I think Oscar Isaac um, is doing a fantastic job. Ethan Hawke looks like he is having a blast. Um, I'm not crazy about some of the directorial choices that okay. uh muhammad dia gave us and especially towards the end um okay. i actually do like how um which which i i get would probably be a criticism from some folks i like how in this first episode that steven kind of phases out and we don't get to see the baddest action because if, as through the audience we're watching this through steven's eyes mm -hmm. i think by the time we get to the end i feel like as an audience we have deserved a better look at stuff and i don't think we got that Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Kind of interesting. Okay. I liked it. I thought it was a good beginning. Got me excited to see more from Moon Knight for sure. I, I enjoyed Oscar Isaac's performance doing both of these characters, two completely different characters, as Kalinowski alluded to. You know, I've been a fan of Moon Knight since the 1990s, and Mikey knows when I, at the end of Comic-Cons, I come back with stacks of Moon Knight or stacks of Iron Fist or stacks of New mm -hmm. Avengers graphic novels to come back into the world of Moon Knight every single time. I love it. I love the changes. And I hear you about... Uh, Mr. Knight there, uh, uh, Kalinowski, certainly a divisive character for some of the hardcore Moon Knight fans and an interesting thing to see if that's going. Obviously, we see the promo for episode two. That is going to come in to episode yeah. two and see what version of that or, or how, how it's going to come yeah, in. It, yeah, it, it's because one of my favorite runs is the one in, with uh, Bendis and Malley they did yeah. in the 2000s where he was Bendis his great. three identities were Spider-Man, Wolverine and Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I love different takes. This is just I have to go in. It's not giving me what I wanted. Mm -hmm. But that's one of the best things. Hey, give me something new. I might like this even more at the very yeah. end, end of six episodes. So I'm going in open-minded. I'm just not – it's the stuff that – looking forward, you know, 10 years ago, when you told me there was going to be a Moon Knight TV series, yeah. I was like, I can't wait. I'm going to be incredible. And now it's like, oh, right. it's not what I wanted. Okay. It could be I, something better. Can I ask oh. you I'm, – li I'm literally just curious because I'm not as familiar. Yeah. Do you mm. think – uh, we saw a little bit of Mark Spector, uh, yeah. definitely not like a James Bond per se, but definitely like a badass, some kind of agent. Do you feel like there's a chance that when we get to spend more time with Mark Spector, you know, as Shannon said, we kind of were very much in this episode in Stephen Grant's perspective. Yeah. Do you feel like when we spend well, some more time with Mark Spector, you might enjoy it more? What's interesting is Mark is usually the main yes. persona. Right. Stephen Grant is not. So the fact they're using Grant is the main one. They, and he did mention he's like, he's a mercenary. So that's mm -hmm. Stephen Grant or Mark Spector is the mercenary. But then there's Jake Lockley, who's like the cab driver. Um, I don't know. And, and the, the writer recently said, like, we're not doing Marlena. We're not doing Frenchie. We're not doing Bushmaster. Right. The characters that I associate with the character right. Moon Knight. Yeah. So I'm kind of going like, this is what we're getting. Let's go for it. So I don't, I don't know. But yeah. I also kind of would like to Shannon's point of the flip of the characters. Like I thought there would have been a distinct difference between Mark and Steven. Like when he looks in the mirror, they look the exact same. I thought the guy would be put, more put together, had a different haircut, mm -hmm. just little changes to show the personality switch, but I'm on board. I, I mean, I, I'm definitely not like, ah, I, ah next week. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting approach. Cause you've got him not wanting to wake up. Clearly he's, 
going into this Mark Spector person uh, mm. in, in different ways. And he's trying to tie himself to the bed. He's trying to put sand around the bed, the Rubik's Cube, listening to podcasts. So clearly days disappear for this guy. Time disappears for this guy. So clearly Mark Spector has a hold on his body, uses his body for whatever he needs him for. And then we get Conchu coming yeah. in, the great F. Murray Abraham with the more recent look of Conchu with that uh, long nose thing, a mask that he wears there, which is very reminiscent of stuff you might see in um, Neil Gaiman's uh, Sandman. So I thought that was yeah. an interesting design for him overall. But I personally liked the way they laid this down. I think they went this route because they want to give you a little bit of time to feel sympathetic to this guy, to connect to this guy, to kind of feel something for this guy. And then we get Layla, um, you know, uh, by the end, of, what's what's the um, what's the connection there as well with the phone? Who is she representing? Is she representing uh, who we've seen in the comics before, his love interest and partner in the comics before, or is something else going on here? And, of course, Duchamp is right there. Is, right. He's scrolling down on the phone. So certainly Duchamp may be a part of this at some point down the road, even though we haven't heard casting uh, for that character yet. So there's a lot of allusions to the Moon Knight mythology. And some of those characters have names of Moon Knight characters. They're just in different positions right. in Stephen Grant's world, world versus Mark Spector's world. That's a so good point. This will be fascinating, though. I think I think they wanted you to kind of feel sympathetic because it's a new character for a lot of people. Mike, you and I, uh, of right. the four of us, you and I are the only ones that and, like read this stuff and all this stuff. So I think it's a good way in. And then maybe we'll get Spectre more and more as a series. And I, I should say this. For me, I guess maybe why I gravitated Moon Knight was he was always considered Marvel's Batman. Yeah, yeah. So this, they're showing completely different, going a different route. I think that's mm-hmm. the strength of this show. I, 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 I'm actually, actually, the more we talk about it with you guys, the more excited I am about where mm-hmm. it could go doing something. What I love uh, is it didn't connect to any of the MCU. Like, right. This no. is its own, and I loved that. Mm-hmm. Loved that about this episode. And let's let's talk more about um, uh, let's talk about Ethan Hawke. Uh, Ethan Hawke coming in here. Um, Harrow is 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 a really really minor villain in the Moon Knight world. He's just a guy who studies pain and whatever. But um, uh, Shannon, I'll go to you first on this. We see from the beginning he's like Paul Bettany in the Da Vinci Code. You know, crushing broken glass, wanting to feel the pain to be closer to God. But the God is an Egyptian called uh, Egyptian God called Amit that he feels uh, will judge the world and judge people minority report-wise before they even commit crimes. Um, and he mentions all these people. He doesn't mention Thanos, which goes to Kalinowski's point that they are kind of separating it from the MCU. But what an interesting performance from a guy who, you know, had some choice words to say about the Logan film. What did you think about him coming in here and playing uh, uh, Harold? Well, again, it looks like he's just having <clears throat> a, a, a really, really good time. Mm-hmm. Um, that he gets to be this... On the surface, just an absolute villain. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's he's chewing scenery in the smallest bites possible because it is a very reserved performance. Even though he's totally leaning into the bad guy thing, I love the effect of the cane with the scales on his arm. I think that's that's a really cool, fun effect. Um, again, I just wish we would we had gotten to know a little bit. I, I wish we'd gotten a second episode. And again, a lot of my gripes might be by by the end of the series they might not be there like this is just how this particular series is being presented um but i i think ethan hawk is having a really good time and what one thing that i think is a lot of fun is how many scenes he's already had with oscar isaac yeah in the first in the first episode and that's not something you you normally get is your um your protagonist and your antagonist sharing the screen that much right off the bat but 
I, I think uh, Arthur Harrow is going to be a, a, a very fun character. Um, to the uh, separation of the MCU-ness, I actually think that's a mistake. I mean, as mm, he's talking about, and this is obviously oh. not his performance, this is just the writing. Um, I don't know how you can bring up all these things that Amit could have stopped and you don't bring up Thanos. I mean, I don't know how you don't bring up this thing that has affected the entire globe. And obviously that was a very deliberate choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but that to me was a, um, to me it's a mistake, but maybe that's going, again, maybe by the end of the series, that's going to be addressed. Yeah. And maybe um, Harold was okay with half the, the <laughs> population being eradicated possibly. <laughs> uh, uh, Vogel, what did you think about Ethan Hawke here coming in and doing what he's doing? The cane, the kind of moving around the slow pace the back and forths. I mean, certainly that opening where Oscar Isaac is, you know, on his body is moving around, not wanting to give him the scare of there. Did you like that? And then later the conversation, philosophical discussion with him that leads to that jackal coming after him. What do you think? I mean, that? look, I love a philosophical discussion, so I was here for it. <laughs> really quickly, first of all, just I, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Kalinowski on this one. Okay. I actually I think it's refreshing that, look, I love a WandaVision. I love a Hawkeye. I love that we now have Marvel TV shows that don't have to call the attack on New York the incident. Like, I love that we live in this integrated universe. But as we're getting into these weirder corners of the MCU, and Moon Knight is definitely a weirder corner, I think they're kind of smart to keep it a bit removed. I think that Shannon's probably right. Like, we'll get there. He is in the MCU, and there are things that could easily come up, but I kind of like that he's in his own little world. They're, they're, you know, like, we live in a world where there's lots of celebrities and things, and not all of us every day are dealing with them, so I think it's fair to say that he's not, and I kind of am enjoying them sort of eking out their own little corner. Mm -hmm. Um, as as, uh, As far as the performances, I think just watching these two on screen together is a delight that we don't normally get on television. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are two like A plus performances and as much as Hawk is sort of leaning into the uh, villain of it all, there's a lot of humor that these two are getting out of it. Like even, even in the, even in the midst of this philosophical debate and everything that's happening, like just the complete confusion, like, like you said, like when, when Oscar Isaac is like, you know, like pulling back the scarab and he's like, (laughs) I didn't mean to do that. And he's like, I really need you to give me that scarab. Like, like that, there's actual comedy that they're mining out of the scene. And I think that's, again, I think that's where I know that uh, the other Mike here sometimes complains about like the quippy Marvel humor, which I do understand. But I think this was really fun character based humor. This was humor that was coming out of the situation. And it really worked for me. Well, and the thing about the humor thing is, is that's a big part of Moon Knight. Moon Knight is weird with their humor and then insane with the bloody stakes of what they go through. The best people that do the runs of Moon Knight walk that line between funny stuff or uncomfortably funny stuff and 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 brutality. So Kalinowski, what did you think about how uh, Ethan Hawke is bringing this character of Harrow to life? By the way, the character of Harrow in the comics is not a cult leader, is not anything like this. Right. So this is a new kind of approach to this character that is topical, um, a cult leader, uh, whether it's religious or political or what have you. We're, we deal with cult leaders all the time, and, and people are into those documentaries. So an interesting approach. Apparently, Ethan Hawke had a lot to do with the construction of this character, according to Jeremy Slater and other people involved in the production. So... Did you like what he did with this character? Did you like how they're setting up this back and forth between yeah, both that, of them? Yeah, that whole thing, like of a cult leader, like a Koresh, you know, mm, David Koresh. David Koresh, that's what we based just, it on. Yeah, yeah. Man, is it? It just hits home because it 
it's prevalent. You see yeah. it all the time. And how like what? Are, how do these people see this? And how do they believe in this? And and exactly. the power of these people. He does remind me with his hair of a person that uh, Shannon and I both know and work for. So it does make me uh, think sometimes <laughs> of him. You know what I'm talking about McClung, the hair. I, I have an idea. Yeah. <laughs> nice guy. I like him. But so every time I see him with that long hair, I'm like, well, I hope he's his stunt double for the show because he's a dead ringer for him. But it does every now and then take me a little bit out of it. But yeah, like you guys have already said, the, the acting is great. So again, yeah. and again with Moon Knight, like he doesn't have a great rogues gallery. So right. Right. That, with the character himself, I'm kind of more protective of what I want to see. But the villains, go for it. Go whatever. To go to town. <laughs> but I, what, what I did love about the tone of this, yeah. a lot of people talk, you know, now we've got Daredevil in the MCU or Matt Murdock. Like, I can't see Charlie Cox's Daredevil swinging around with Spider-Man and Tom Holland. Mm. I don't see that. But okay. I can see his Daredevil and Moon Knight, even from the little glimpse we got of him, absolutely being in a scene together and it working. So they're kind of crafting this darker corner. And it hasn't been that dark, per se, so far, but mm -hmm. it just felt... I don't want to say Netflix-ish with their Marvel stuff. It just felt different. Mm -hmm. Like Blade, I can their Blade going this way, and 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 maybe uh, Black Knight. Definitely, definitely nice little corner uh, yeah. that they're crafting for themselves here. In Midnight the Suns, right, Kellen? I was going to Midnight oh, Suns is in play. They want to bring in Ghost Rider. I think, yeah, yeah. they got a nice thing going on here. They've started. It seems to if, if it's in play, they're lining up some really top actors to take these yeah. roles if they do the Midnight Suns route, which. Seems to be where they're going. Um, uh, let's switch to a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about me and Kalamawi in just a second. But let's let's switch to some action. Uh, Shannon, you're the action guy on this uh, on this uh, foursome here. How did you feel about the action? I know we went blipped it out, but we still got some car chase stuff. We still got a little bit of fight sequences there with Moon Knight beating up that jackal or whatever that thing is. What did you think about how they did the minimal amount of action sequences that are in this uh, first episode? You know, I thought the action worked better when we didn't see it. Um, I thought it worked mm. better when he kind of blipped yeah. in and blipped out. When we get to that car chase, um, this on the heels of what can be done, you know, you yeah. watch you watch that great chase in Hawkeye, and this one just felt a little lacking. Um, you know, there was some there was some uh, visual effects issues, in my opinion. I think mm. when he woke up in the Alps, to me, it was very you know it was it was very much like a, a visual effects shot that didn't look. That, look quite great okay and they were leaning into the comedy because you had you know wake me up before you go go right, play and i actually so. thought it was very funny when he yeah. used the cupcake as a weapon um <laughs> i thought that was funny but i just didn't think it was shot that well it just wasn't exciting to me um okay. there was actually even a shot when the caught when the uh, uh cupcake van is backwards the car in front of him uh, makes contact and Oscar eyes, it doesn't react. And it's mm. like, to me, that's something that sticks out to me. Like, like a sore thumb, like, Oh, I can't even watch that right now. Right. Um, and like the CGI of the log truck and even the CGI of the cupcake, uh, being, you know, being flung off the roof. It was just sort of like, ah, I really wanted, I, I wanted something a little more visceral. And I think when yeah. you get to the end, this was another mistake that I think they made is not giving us a, a full shot of whatever that jackal creature was. Like, mm. I really think, I think you're, you're relying too much, on, too much on Oscar Isaac's reaction, which his reactions were fantastic. But I think yeah. that sequence would have been a little more satisfying if you get a really solid shot of this creature approaching and stalking Steven. I think that would have been better. Mm. Um, when we get into the bathroom, I totally agree with Kalinowski. I was like, Mark Spector needs to look different. Yeah. Um, and, and if anything, 
if you can't change his hair, like I get what they're doing, that it's that it's an honest reflection, except for the action. Um, I, I think you got to put the camera on him a lot closer. You have to see in his face. These are two different individuals. Um, the little blip of the fight that we got, I actually thought that was great. I thought that was handled perfectly. Would mm -hmm. I would I have liked more? Yes. But I thought that was handled correctly. Okay. The the action thus far is is again just on the heels of what you know they can do. They just didn't do it in this first episode. But again, by the time we get to the end of the series, it could be fantastic. Yeah, sure. And remember, we're seeing this opening episode of Ogle through um, Stephen Grant's eyes, pretty much. And so maybe this is the way he sees action because he's a frazzled, unstable, unsettled guy. And I get it. You want to shoot outside to make it cool. But if we're seeing everything inside the truck as he's moving around, it kind of adds to the more of the disjointed uh, look of the action um, or do you think they just didn't shoot it well what do you think I just didn't think it was shot well I mean especially with oh. the jackal I mean he's full-on looking at that thing so like why we didn't see a better shot of it to me it was a little frustrating all right Bob? um you know I uh, Shannon is better looking at action than I am I always like I enjoy a good action scene and when I see a great action scene like in Hawkeye the car chase I'm well aware mm. of it and sometimes when I see a really bad action scene I'll be like woof uh you know like some of the scenes in Book of Boba, but uh, but like I do think that um, for me, it's always about the character. And what I really loved about this episode is that we saw everything through Stephen Grant's eyes. And for Stephen Grant, he has literally no clue what's going on. So for me, Oscar Isaac's performance and his confusion and kind of being in the middle of an action sequence, blipping out, blipping back in, and being completely baffled as to what's going on kind of carried me through. Like, to me, I thought it was a really thrilling sequence, even if the action wasn't particularly as up to par as, like, say, the Hawkeye chase scene. Um, and even with the Jackal at the end, I don't disagree that we it would have been cooler to see the Jackal, but I also feel like we are easing into Egyptian crazy shit here. And we already, uh, you know, we see some things. We see Khonshu coming down the hallway, obviously. Yeah. We can see that pretty clearly. But I don't know that we need to see, I, mean, I don't know that we're going to see the more Jackal later or there's going to be more Jackals later. So we wanted to like not go fully into this one. Like I think we'll, you know, we'll be able to take it as a whole. And I might agree with Shannon completely by the time we get to the end of the series. Mm -hmm. But for right now, I just loved that, we were getting little bits of it as Stephen Grant was completely kind of off his game. And mm -hmm. I, and, and on the whole Mark Spector looking different, I do think they're trying, cause they've made a big deal out of this and they talked a lot about it is really trying to treat disassociative identity disorder yeah. as realistically as possible. And realistically, if, Stephen Grant is going to just flip back and forth between Mark Spector. Yeah. His hair and outfit isn't going to change. His his personality can change. His attitude can change. And I think Oscar Isaac is going to carry that. Right. But I don't think that we're going to be able to see, well, each of these personalities has a very distinctive look, style, haircut. Because I think they're trying to treat it as a more realistic type of thing. Realistic in quotes, because we have giant Egyptian gods running around in crazy Marvel <laughs> shit, but as realistic as you can treat it in the Marvel universe. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Count Alice, I mean, you know, yeah. there's a lot of action in the Moon Knight uh, Marvel Comics series yes, all sir. the time. Uh, did you like the sample that we got here in yeah. this to kind of give you an idea of what we're going to get? Yeah, again, I was on board with the whole he doesn't know what's going on, so he goes in flashes, but then when it ended, my response, so he turned to camera, I was like, of course, like, 
Hmm. We got the costume for a second. Of course, it's going to end. So, like, it's so funny. Like, Hawkeye and now even Obi-Wan, they just said, are getting two episodes. Like, Marvel or DC or whatever, their whole Disney Plus, they don't – they need to figure that out. Like, why are we going to give two for – like, this one would have benefited for two episodes. Absolutely. From all the people like yourself, Jen, that have Mm -hmm. seen, what, three or four of them now, everyone's saying one and two, nail it. Mm -hmm. Three and four, they go a little – they say, eh. But – I think they would have benefited from another one of sitting down to watch another one. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. But like okay. we've seen, we've seen Oscar Isaac doing the stunt choreography with the fight team. So he's gotten, yeah. into, he's getting into some badass scrapes. So we're definitely going to see that. Okay. So. All right. All right. Um, now what about the way um, he's presented Mike is in terms of laying the, the world out of Stephen Grant. Do you like the way they kind of bring you into him? He's kind of, you know, he's, he's got that British accent, which is, which feels a little put on even some of the ways you use some of the slang feels a bit inauthentic, but I think it's supposed to be a little authentic because he's playing this other character. Uh, And you know, he's a gift shop employee. He's got a uh, gold guy who street performs as his best friend at this point. Um, He's, (laughs) he thinks he's having a date that he stands up the date. He's not good with women clearly. Uh, And his mom is never there to pick up the phone. And yet he's getting transported in all these places. Did you like the way they present that version of um, Stephen Grant here in, in the in the show. Well, I I did because again, not knowing anything, mm-hmm. like my my take on all this is Stephen Grant is a cover. Like yes. like like yeah. I don't think like there is no mom. Like there's Ooh, no mom on yeah. the other line. Like mm-hmm. all the postcards that he gets from his mom that he's putting up on the wall, half those postcards are on the rack at the gift shop at the British Museum. Like <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure Mark Spector. Again, this is me just completely. Uh, I think Mephisto's going to show up in the second episode. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but it seems yes, to me, it seems to me that Mark Spector had to go deep underground for some reason, and Stephen Grant is the deep underground, but because of the disassociative personality disorder, or identity disorder, um, Stephen Grant doesn't know he's a cover. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, living this life, and he's going to find out uh, but, you know, even Conchu calls him like, what, it's the idiot, it's the other one. So, yeah. you know, is Stephen Grant a part of Mark's personality? I know, like, in the comics, and actually, John and Mike, you can answer this, maybe. I, I was reading about it, and I guess mm. in the comics, like, it's not really clear. Did Mark Spector always have pers- uh, uh, the disassociative identity disorder, or did Conchu give him disassociative? Like, did Becoming Moon Knight give him that disorder? Like, what is the... What is the what is the background there, or is it a little bit hazy because there's been so many versions? Yeah, basically, a, there's been so many versions. Yeah, it's it's he's kind of almost like Hawkman in that his history is a mess. Like, right. There's never been one person that came in and go, "We're clearing up 40 right. years of this guy, yeah. and this yeah. is what it's gonna be." So, the thing and about that's why having that Mr. Voice... Knight stuff has really taken off. That Mr. Knight because yeah. that was like a through line that everyone got on board with. But like, and it separates point, him from Conchie. Yeah, and stuff. your so point, that, Mike, think about it, like, why, yeah. I'll bet, because Marvel is Marvel, I'll bet Mark Spector is the main version of this character, this kind of straight-laced, yeah. uh, mm. speaking oh, yeah. American, and that's the character that's going to be the main through line in the next bunch of episodes, where this is, we're just, because thinking about it now, all the trailers, all we've ever seen of Stephen Grant is already been shown. Mm. We never saw, it was all first episode stuff, so that's a good point, yeah. Yeah, I can't and go I too deep into it because yeah, you can't go to deep episodes. Sure. So no, I'm sure. not trying to give away. But I do think, story. but I do wonder. Like, I do think that what I think there's an interesting story for Steven, somebody yeah. who's like living this life and then finds out that they're part of this other thing. But 
Khonshu clearly doesn't have a lot of respect for Steven, but is Steven no. going to step up and become an important part of the Moonlight, uh, the Moon Knight sort of uh, world? Or, you know, like, I think there's a lot right. of interesting things are going to play, but I think also for the MCU, as we learn about this, we're going to learn the backstory of, you know, did Mark Spector, if he is the main personality, have this disorder when Khonshu found him or did joining with Khonshu lead to this? But I think those answers are going to be really interesting towards defining what we all think of this show. Because like right now, it's still just a giant mystery and they've started to unravel it, but we still have a ways to go. Yeah, and I'll go back to you on this, Kalinowski. Do you yeah. like the way they presented Conchu? I mean, uh, as many times as I've read Conchu in the comics and listened to his voice in my head, I never thought of F. Murray Abraham's voice. And I, I kind of like it. F. Murray has a natural dismissive tone, a natural condescending tone uh, to his uh, demeanor. And he's played characters like that in the past many, many times. So was he the right choice or did you want something more yeah. booming or different? No, like that, again, reading comics, you know, we all kind of put our own voices to yeah. what they sound like. So I don't think I ever had one, okay. but that like the whole thing with the, the Jackal character, I'm glad we didn't see much of that. Cause I think if we would have seen it at full on and been like, Oh, okay. That's a little wonky looking, but contrary the design of him was great. That scene yeah. on the bus where he's passing and he's there and he's gone. Like, yeah. I think that design was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and the voice was fit perfectly. So yeah, I was happy with that. Okay. Uh, Shannon, Mike, what'd you guys think of the voice? You like the voice? Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, okay. um, for, like for Shannon's whatever really, reason. Shannon's really uh, batting a thousand on Moon Knight over here. <laughs> this is I'm good. It's a nice balance. Yeah. I'm ready for a moon fight. Um, oh, boy. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just didn't. I mean, I do like the design. I mean, to, to Kalinowski's point, that especially that nice wide shot that you see him wearing uh, Oscar Isaac season from, from inside the bus. Uh, I thought the design of that character looks awesome. The I, I don't feel like F. Murray Abraham. I don't know if he, he just sounds a little too colloquial for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know if it's uh, well, he's centuries old Egyptian guy. He might be a little colloquial. That's that's fine. It, to me, okay. it just it just does not sound otherworldly enough. Like the Fair filter enough. they okay. they put on his voice was not enough. Like in my okay. and again, we always construct what we want in a show mm. before we see it. And when we don't get that, like the Seinfeld finale, we are inevitably disappointed. <laughs> like in in my head, you know, I want to I want to hear some ancient Egyptian that's then followed by English. I okay. want to I want something that's a little more frightening. Okay. And this this comes off almost comedic. Now, again, I don't know Moon Knight that well, so mm-hmm. as you guys have said, Moon Knight does lean into sort of this quirky comedy. So this could be they could be batting a thousand and I'm 100% wrong. But I think um, you make an excellent point though, Shannon, this idea that we've got to believe as Mike, as Kalinowski pointed out that if Mark Spector is going to come, it's going to be this badass, going to be this James Bond type of guy. We got to believe there's somebody that can scare the shit out of this guy to make him become his vessel or his avatar, yeah. uh, whether blue or anime uh, in, in the <laughs> real world. And so uh, we've got to really buy into the fear that this uh, God can put in Mark Spector. Yeah. And just to the real quick, just to mm-hmm. the um, Stephen, the, the way they present the Stephen Grant world. Um, I hope we get some of this because my guess is that, yes, Mark Spector is is the primary. Yeah. Um, but that the as the audience, we're watching it through Stephen's eyes. They, there is such an innate there is such an innate sadness in his existence that he's leaving messages for a mother who doesn't who doesn't exist like he can never actually live because he's not he's not the primary guy like he'll never get to have a complete life i mean you look at you look at gus how he's got you know the one 
uh, Nemo-like Finn, and yeah. it's just like, oh, like Steven, he's incomplete. Like, he's always going to be incomplete. Yeah. Um, uh, the first time he sees Mark in the mm-hmm. that circular window, it almost looks like a moon, and that's the first time that he's yeah. kind of complete. Um, but I, I think there's just so much interesting material for uh, an actor like Oscar Isaac to mine, and I don't know if there will be the runway to get there. Okay, Mike? Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think that you start the Moon Knight series with Stephen Grant if you're going to just reveal he's all fake and then disappear and it's all Mark Spector all the time. I do think that Stephen Grant realizing that he is a part of this other person's life and maybe even a part that doesn't really have a life of his own, Mm -hmm. I think is going to be key to the story they're telling. Like, I think that Stephen Grant figuring out where he fits within the Moon Knight, Mark Spector, uh, Khonshu of it all, is even if that's not what is in the Moon Knight comics, it feels to me like that's the story that we're headed towards here. Right. And, and you got to ask yourself, why is Stephen Grant seeing Mark for the first time at this moment, in this episode? What does that mean? What is that leading to? There's a question there for sure um, overall. Did you like Khonshu, Mike? Did you like the F. Murray? So I... Uh, Shannon and I feel very differently about Moon Knight. Um, I love, and again, I think this is like the Neil Gaiman in me, I love where you take some ancient, creepy, weird thing and then you do something super colloquial. Like, I think that's great. So I think having this like ancient bird skull alien being like, oh God, this fucking guy. Like, I, I love it. Like, I think that's, I think that's hilarious. I'm super into it. Like, I love it. This moron. Ah, God, this fucking guy. <laughs> All right, let's turn to uh, Mia Kalamawi. I, you know, I, she comes in uh, going toe-to-toe with Oscar Isaac, going toe-to-toe possibly down the road with Ethan Hawke. Um, an interesting character to bring into this uh, Moon Knight, kind of balance things out. She's half Egyptian in real life as well. And so I thought this was a nice cast. Not that She hasn't had that many credits to her resume. I thought she did a nice job. Can I ask you, you like her in this role? Yeah, does, does she yeah. Have- shades or vibes of another character in the Moon Knight mythology? Uh, well, though, again, we haven't really seen what happens in Egypt and how he gets the with Khonshu. And yes. Like the original with, with him, he's, he's going there as a mercenary to, to rob a dig, I think, and he kills Marlena's hut father. Right. And he's left for dead by his partner there, and Khonshu revives him to be his avatar. So I... We don't know. I don't... Well, no, she's not that character, and there's mm-hmm. I don't see shades of that, so... Yeah. I don't know, but okay. I know they wanted they wanted a different way with it. So, what I saw from her was great. Yeah, and Kalinowski is referencing is uh, Marlene Arlone, who is uh, a character who is uh, an archaeologist and a romantic partner for Mark Spector. She was introduced back in 1976, so they may be using a different name, right. like they're using a different name with Mar- with Mark Spector and yeah. Stephen Grant. I don't know. Uh, Shannon uh, Mia Kalamawi. Well, I mean she was just on the phone. Right. (laughs) So, so based off of that, I mean, it's, it's really difficult for me to make any sort of judgment call on it. I mean, she's got a nice voice. I don't know. We'll see. Do you like the casting of Vogel? Do you like the look of how she might fit? I mean, I mean, it was a hell of a phone call. (laughs) (laughs) She she was in the scene in the gift shop with them when they were setting up the date. 
right? That that's not her. That's no. not. That's her. a different performer. That's a different girl. Who's that's that? a different girl. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking the wrong one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's uh, um, that's probably that over. Though. That's probably I, over. I, I think. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably over. Uh, okay. You, you, it's three days weekend. Later, I think. Yeah. Um, I yeah, like I'm with Shannon. Like I, you know, I definitely want some more. I think the casting is interesting, but like, and this is actually a really nice thing. Like, it's kind of fun to go into a Marvel series where you're like, this this actress was cast as a character who is not the character from the comic, which doesn't really bother me one way or the other, because I don't really know that character from the comic. So this right. is a brand new character for me, and I'm excited to get to know her and meet her and say hello. <laughs> um, all right, well, what about uh, the illusions? Oh, are you going to say something? Go ahead, Callis, go ahead. So who was the girl in the gift shop that he yeah. worked? She was the tour guide and said, yeah. hey, we got our date. Yeah, that was the girl on the phone. clearly, who clearly had been swept off her feet by Mark Spector. Yes. And asked out on a date. Right. And Stephen Grant had no idea who she was. Yeah. And that's then blacked out for a weekend. No, it wasn't. No, that's, no. no, that's, no. She's playing Layla. That was not Layla. No, no. Uh, that was uh, probably, from looking at the cast list for episode one, probably uh, Saffron Hawking, who is Dylan. That's what I'm looking at. Because okay, yep. Layla, Layla on the phone knows Mark, not right. Stephen. Right. And, and Saffron... Okay. Uh, or Dylan was on the phone with him when he called and said, "Hey, the it's Friday at the restaurant, and she's yep. not there." Okay. Like, yeah, um, it was it's Sunday there, pal. All right. Um, uh, all right. Saffron yeah, well, Hawking. Yeah, you're right. Saffron Hawking. Okay. We we, yep. we had some allusions to real quick before we uh, roll out of here. The Ennead, which is uh, you know like a Egyptian super god team, that will be interesting, especially with Eternals that we just had with the the gods of Eternals. And the gods of the Asgard, of Asgard, like this is another set of gods we're bringing in. This is fascinating. What do you guys think? Yeah, super interesting because, you know, the Asgardians have been retconned to be aliens. Aliens. The Eternals are space robots. And are the gods of ancient Egypt, are they another sort of uh, extraterrestrial race? Or are they yeah. actually Egyptian gods? Like that's yeah. going to be... That's going to be super interesting to find out. Like, you know, when he said there was only seven of them versus nine, um, you know, I, I put my I put my gumshoe hat on thinking like, oh, I bet the, the two that are missing, I bet it's Amit and Khonshu. So I looked him up. I went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I typed it in my notes and I promptly deleted it. <laughs> uh, Vogel, do you like the idea? Do you like them presenting that? Also, yeah. Atlantis is in a shot there in the show as well. <laughs> Thoughts on that? Oh, I didn't see that. But I yeah. did like, I mean, I do think Shannon, I mean, brings up a good point. Like Marvel early days uh, made the choice to make the Asgardians more extraterrestrial, uh, extraterrestrial in origin. And I think it really worked for them. Like, yeah. I think everything they've done with the Asgardians in the MCU, it works. It's great. I love what they've done with it. I love how they've sort of re-told... Uh, Norse mythology on a cosmic yeah. scale, but it'll be interesting. I don't think that's what they're doing here, and they're really leaning into it. And so, bringing in you know all the different gods of the different uh, cultures and of the world like that that does open up an entire door of like the supernatural. And you know, even like Stephen at the beginning, kind of talking to that girl about the mummification process and how yes. they left the heart. Like that's pretty important. Like when you know when um when Harrow's talking to him about Amit, like kind of referencing the whole like death thing, like the whole Anubis kind of judges Egyptians mm -hmm. by putting their heart 
on a scale where the heart's on one side and the feathers and there's a feather on the other side and if your heart is lighter than the feather you get to go to the afterworld and live your life and if your heart is heavier than the feather Amit eats your heart and you're like you know fucked up forever so the fact that they're sort of leading into all of that and kind of building that like with the scales on his arm and what you're talking about with Amit like they're not just kind of using it as a oh here's a cool character that we read in a book somewhere let's do our take on it like given that Harrow is kind of in a cult about a cult of Amit like they're leaning into it heavily so I'm curious to see how far they go and I'm curious to see how real the gods of ancient Egypt are in the MCU yeah uh Callan, ask your thoughts on the Indian talks on these gods I mean we obviously we see them in in the Moon Knight comics but do you right. see how do you anticipate how that they might play that out here in the MCU? I don't know, to be honest. I'll 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 take the 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 the, the loss on that. As far as I don't know, I, I really don't. <laughs> I don't think it's a loss. You just it, yeah. I'm just, I'm just like I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying to to go back in the con. Like I'm thinking through all the runs of like were there ever a bigger part except for the one god of the avatar and stuff okay. and it's like, well let me ask you another question so is marvel walking back into this danger again with their villains having hey our hero is an avatar for one egyptian god our villain is an avatar for another egyptian god basically the mirror of each other uh do, uh, is there a danger there kalanowski well, and others setting up that i think that's the reason why the writer had said they're staying away from raul bushman because he was yeah. killmonger Right. Basically, and, and the two relationship between Black Panther and Killmonger, Moon Knight and Bushman, it's like they were like, okay, it's yeah. more of the same. We've got to go a different route. So I think they're very aware of not doing that. Well, and I think like, and that might again, I this is me just like pulling ideas out of my ass, but I think maybe part of the colloquialism of Khonshu is where you're going to get those distinctions. It seems as if yeah. the relationship that Mark Spector and Khonshu have, when when Khonshu is like. Oh God, Lally, idiot! Go to sleep. Bring out the other one. <laughs> Seems to be a little bit less um, uh, obsessive than Harrow's relationship with Amit. Yeah. And so I think yeah. that when you have one character that is sort of an avatar for an Egyptian god, where it's much more of like a we're on an equal level and we fight and we argue and we bicker like we're a buddy cop team, mm -hmm. and then you have like this I am worshiping this uh, this deity and this whole thing like. I think you do draw those differences. So in that way, the parallel could work for them, but we will uh, we will find out in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, um, one of the counters, uh, Shannon, to uh, F. Marie Abrahams, either Thomas Holtz or Al Pacino. So would any of those voices be good for Amit in your opinion? <laughs> Is that a possible? Oh boy, Al Pacino all the way. <laughs> <laughs> we Kill can Mark. only be Kill so him. lucky. Hey, if, if this if if Moon Knight's comedy is as quirky as you as you all say it is, br bring on Hua. <laughs> Would be very interesting, uh, for sure. All right, any uh, final words here as we wrap up about this first episode? Um, uh, Bob, I'll go back to you as we do here to end the show. Um, I'm just really stoked. I, it, it, it's fun to be in a part of the Marvel Universe that I'm not as familiar with. Mm. Uh, and it's fun, like I said, to be watching these actors on our Disney Plus screen that are just like top tier actors delivering like A plus performances. So mm. I'm really curious to see where this goes. And then my head can't help but start to wonder, even though I'm glad, like Kalinowski said, that we're not necessarily fully in the MCU in episode one what their plans for Moon Knight are. Like where yeah. all of these characters, you know, Moon Knight, the Black Knight, Blade, like all these supernatural characters that are kind of coming into the MCU. Like 
we talk about this when we've done the reviews on Eternals. We've talked about yeah. it with No Way Home. We've talked about everything like with Shang-Chi. Like there are so many threads here right now between, uh, you know, Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Val putting together her team mm. and what the Ten Rings are and what the signal is and what's going on with the Eternals and the Celestials. And now we've got all this weird supernatural Egyptian shit happening. Like it's a whole lot. And knowing Marvel, I'm sure they do have a plan but hell, if I can figure out what it is, and it's going to be fun to see how it all comes together. Yeah, agreed. And the idiots have just throw my two cents in. I mean, people have always speculated that it was aliens that built the pyramids. So that could be an interesting way to kind of open the door to Egyptian gods in that manner. I'm thinking of that dude from the mean... Oh, from ancient uh, aliens. Yeah, ancient aliens. Oh. Um, <laughs> Kalinowski, uh, final thoughts here on episode yeah. one. Yeah, I gotta think? say this. Yeah, again, um, interesting thing for me because it's I have such a a take on the character that I love, and this has given me something that I was not expecting. It wasn't going the way I wanted it to with characters that I didn't really care for, and I want to. It makes me go into the open mind. It's kind of like with Mike Vogel, and we couldn't have an episode without this. Like he loves Superman. And Man of Steel wanted to do a different take on it. But Mike Vogel was like, F that and F that man. I'm never watching those films and Zack Snyder giving credit. But I'm going into Moon Knight going, hey, it's not the Moon Knight I wanted. It's not the Stephen Grant, the yeah. suave playboy. No, no, bring, in, bring in the dead horse. I got to whip it. Bring yeah, it, bring it's going to be good. something that I'm not used to, not right. expecting. And I'm probably, I'm along I, for the ride because I want to see where I do want to. I do want to apologize to Mike Kalinowski. It is, it is a shame that I like almost every version of Superman except that one, which clearly... <laughs> Which Ugh. clearly makes me only like the original Superman. Yeah. And if you're open for some more discussion about it, I recently recorded an episode of Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong and Defended Man of Steel. That episode oh. is out now on podcast. So I know. Uh, I, listen, I listened to it and then threw it in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Shannon McClellan, final thoughts. <laughs> so to add on to the cast, I mean, Vogel talking about uh, uh, Oscar Isaac and, and uh, Ethan Hawke. I mean, the supporting cast in this is great. Mm. I mean, specifically the two museum employees, yes. uh, Lucy Thackeray as Donna and Alexander Cobb as JB, the security guard. Yeah. There is nothing funnier than me, to me than a dismissive Brit. <laughs> and having two of them, I mean, especially the JB role, because that mm -hmm. is the type of role that Kalinowski and I and John, when he was still acting, that's yeah. that's the stuff we went out for on the rig. So you can, so when you have a, an, a performer who is given a limited amount of space and make the most of it, yeah. I, I, I my hat is always off to them. I'm like just such two two very very funny performances. And the second, like even though this episode did not necessarily you know check off all the boxes for me, yeah. I'm still so jazzed to get a new character in the MCU. And I'm so jazzed to talk about it with my three buddies here. There you go. Thank you very much, Shannon. Yeah. And Donna, Lucy Thackeray's role, there is a Donna in the uh, Moon Knight world. She is his publicist. So, but in this world, she is his boss. So very interesting stuff to play around. Uh, and JB may be similar to someone else the way we may be seeing. I don't know. I honestly do not know that we may, may have seen in the comics in the past. So kind of interesting to lay those groundwork and give you time with those characters. That can't be an accident. So I'm sure there's there's more to come there. Uh, all right, well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for the spoiler review here of episode one of Moon Knight. We appreciate it uh, madly. And real quick before we get into our goodbyes, just want to say thanks again to Carbon Health, who sports and who powers and sponsors the Outlaw Nation and the Geek Buddies. You know, Carbon Health, 
They have 100 plus locations in 14 states, 50 plus locations in California across the Bay Area. Most locations still have COVID testing. We're still getting tested for the stuff, people. And if you're in California, consider scheduling an annual checkup and utilizing primary care services at your local clinic. They provide the primary care providers listen up, follow up after appointments, and they bring compassion to their everyday work. And they continue to partner with us because they believe and generally care about positive communities who engage in each other with each other uh, uh, for the love of culture and expressions of life. So thank you very much, Carbon Health, for power. If you wake up, if you wake up in Germany and your jaw is broken, it will be nice to have a doctor. <laughs> so true, so true. All right, uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, I'd like to follow us on social media. On Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, I immediately went to what? How do you say carbon health in German? If you would like to like follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, it's Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, Schnell, it's at The Roca Says. Mikey. Um, well, if you enjoyed this review and you want to spend many more weeks having Kalinowski make Superman digs at me that I roll my eyes about, here's what you can do to help <laughs> us continue doing it. Um, you can go ahead and hit the like button below. Please, right now while I'm saying it, hit that like button. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Check out all the amazing content he's got going on there. Leave your comments below. What did you think of the first episode? Were you think were you kind of a downer about it like Shannon, or did you love it like <laughs> me? Uh, let us know what you guys thought about that. Uh, if you do know a lot about the Moon Knight comic, like these other two gentlemen, definitely drop some of that in the chat. Let us know in the comments what we what the what they got right, what they got wrong, where you think it's gonna go. Um, if you are listening to us right now on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are available, take a second to leave us some stars, leave us some comments, helps us go up in the rankings of entertainment podcasts so other people can find us. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your social, send it to your friends, and tell everybody to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. Absolutely. And Mike Kalinowski, thanks again for joining us, brother. I hope always you a pleasure, us. gentlemen. I hope you yes, join us for the whole run, my man. Please let people know where they can find you and where to get your book. Uh, I, at Mike Kalinowski, all my socials, myself and Brad Gilmore's book, Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble. It's out there. It's selling. I'll have, I, I'm eventually, I know people have reached out to me about personalized copies and autographs. I'm Ooh. trying to work out a way to do that. So nice. how to do there it, make go. it feasible and stuff for everybody. Yeah, it's a yeah. book about James Bond, ladies and gentlemen. James Bond, history of James Bond. All, it's all about James Bond. 60th anniversary with not one I Bond. Oh man. That, that uh, anniversary it. tribute at the Oscars was a disgrace. <laughs> couldn't even couldn't even get any of the Bonds to do it. Not even any not even anyone involved with the franchise. You got Tony Hawk and the redhead skater guy. Okay. And Kelly I digress. Right. And Kelly Slater. <laughs> and which right, James, James Bond surf at some point? I mean, <laughs> he did several yeah, times. He does come out of the water there. All right, thank you all so much. We'll talk to you next time with another brand new review, a spoiler review episode here from for Moon Knight from the Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.